Welcome to the High Plains Hideout. This is the Vitavu Gear Review. Alright guys, welcome back! Welcome back! You know, I don't I don't even remember the theme song for Welcome Back, Cotter, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, I only ever watched it on, what was that, TV Land at night? Yeah, whatever. So, hey, welcome back. Uh, of course, I'm the madman behind the mic. Um, ooh, and I'm getting messages while I'm doing things. Awesome. <laughs> so... It's been a little bit, uh, about four weeks, five weeks. I was going to do this a little bit earlier, but I decided to hold off just to get my thoughts a little bit clearer. And that's really where I want it to be, is I want to have my thoughts clear and concise when I'm talking about what we're doing, what's going on. So, let's get the business out of the way. Hey, if you're new to the podcast, well, thanks for coming along with us on the journey. If you're old hand, hey, welcome back. So, if you would like... To support the show, there is a link usually down below. Uh, you can go and there's a donate spot on Anchor. I'm not saying do it, man, but if you want to, knock yourself out, homie. Um, <laughs> it's seriously like, eh, it doesn't bother me. Do your own thing. Do what you do. Do that voodoo that you do so well. Uh, in the words of Hedy Lamar. <laughs> not or Hedley Lamar. That's Hedley Lamar. Um... Quick, if you haven't seen that movie, go watch Blazing Saddles before this current culture goes out in their mind and cancels it. Um, go have fun and realize how we used to be as a society where we used to actually not take ourselves so seriously. Um, go have some laughs. <laughs> um, you can also find me on the Instagram a lot more than the Twitter or the Facebook. Honestly, I have like logged into Facebook one time in the past month and a half and literally didn't miss anything. That's how pathetic it is. <laughs> I am super happy I don't even waste my time logging into it anymore. Um, I spend more of my time reading and catching up on things I care to think about or randomly goofing off just playing whatever video game or whatever video decides to pop up on my video feed. Um, Alright, so... I was up in the air about what I really wanted to talk about this episode, because there's a few things I've been looking at, and I'm running through, and I'm testing, and I'm like, ah! And then I was like, well, if I was going to do, just say, you know, like the UF Pro combat shirt, the Gen 2 Striker HT or whatever combat shirt, and I was like, yeah, but how long can you talk about one combat shirt? Not that long. Five, ten minutes top. And I know, in some scenarios, a five-minute, ten-minute long podcast, money. Cha-ching. Let's rock and roll with that, right? Um, <laughs> so, I got myself together and I went, you know what, I have quite a few uh, other combat shirts I've picked up, I've tried out, and whether for one reason or another, either decided they were bad or were not a fan of it. So let's go ahead and break all of them out and start that show with them. And so we're doing a combat shirt breakdown. A big blowout. We've got one, two, three, four, five different brands of combat shirts sitting with me right now. That's five, you know, like Dave Chappelle, you know, one, two, three, four, fifth. Um, got five of them. Count them. 
Five. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to start off. And what's funny about this is, is this shirt probably shouldn't be on the bottom of this list. And it's not on the bottom because it's necessarily bad. It's on the bottom of the list because of the price tag that was on the shirt. Now, this is an Under Armour combat shirt. And I know people are going to go, Under Armour? Ugh. Some people dislike Under Armour. Some people like Under Armour. Others are kind of neutral about it. Um, I have one piece of Under Armour clothing that during the winter I consider essential. And that's one of the first generation of their cold gear long john shirts. I've been wearing it every winter almost for years. It's gone through winter survivals, standing on the boat, standing and watch when that's in the Navy. I mean, all sorts of stuff. It's been around a long time with me. It's reliable. And when I've been in negative 20 degree weather wearing that, a shirt and a TK100 from North Face, I've been really comfortable and warm, which is where you really want it. So, this shirt is Under Armour, and it is from the UK. Well, originally it was probably from the UK. I got it from Finland. Um, <laughs> what do you mean you got it from Finland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Army Surplus Store out of Finland, actually. Funny enough. So, and they actually do serve a heck of a lot more um, than that. Uh, the name is... Perestroka or whatever. I can't pronounce it. It's Finnish, but they do a lot of stuff. They actually supply uniforms to the Finnish military now, I guess. Um, really cool. But it's an Under Armour combat shirt, and it's in British MTP, um, which is basically the same as the OCP or the Scorpion or Multicam, if you will. It's just a Forerunner variant. And honestly, if you put it next to the Scorpion or the OCP, it'd be hard-pressed to notice a real difference. Other than, you know, there's a British flag on it, which kind of makes it stand out a wee bit more than usual. What I think is interesting about this is, is standard, this shirt comes with, and it varies really, about an eighth of an inch to about a quarter of an inch neoprene that goes in on the shoulders and the elbows. Um, it's kind of weird. Uh, the first time you get it and you're like, man, what the heck is... This extra cushiony, neoprene -y kind of material. And it literally feels just like you got, you went down and looked at, checked out a scuba suit. You're like, oh man, kind of spongy, kind of squishy. How does it feel? Well, not bad. I mean, literally, the two that I like the most are on the shoulder. And if you're carrying an LBE or you've got a pack on, having that extra bit of cushion in the shoulder is a lifesaver in many, many ways. Like, probably one of the greatest things ever. And there is another combat shirt on this list that outdoes this as far as cushioning is concerned. So, fabric material, you know, the usual. The Cordura ripstop material, man. Um, the synthetics that are in here are mainly in the chest region of the combat shirt. They're not bad. Um, very breathable. It's very lightweight. The heft of this shirt really is in the padding. The neoprene padding really is the heft of the shirt. Um, does it fall into the, you know, there's some fatal flaws that I feel that most combat shirt companies really do fall into, and it's Velcro all over the place. Um, I feel that about most of the combat stuff nowadays anyway, is Velcro all over the place. I'm old school. Give me buttons. Um, buttons are quiet. If I catch my pocket and a button pops off, that's a lot quieter than the sound of Velcro going... You know, 
in the woods at night or doing maneuvers, that's pretty friggin' loud. It'll echo, at least in your brain. But a button, the cuffs on this are buttons. And they're those British Canadian style buttons that are really nice. It's on a toggle almost. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Had some spicy chicken and whew, I'm still dealing with the spice from that. Uh, bee sting chipotle barbecue sauce. If you can find it, oof, is it good. Anyway. So the cuffs on this are, you know, the buttons, and they've got that traditional British-style toggle button. Highly recommend that. Um, the Velcro panels, they're at it. The British do everything at an angle. Um, and I think even in the modern stuff, it's at a weird angle on the Americans, on the OCPs and everything else. I don't really pay attention to it. Um, this is my one thing and my one vice, is I do not like the MTP uh, multicam... OCP Scorpion camouflage pattern. I just don't think it's very good. <laughs> um, Multicam kind of makes that point where, oh, it's supposed to work in multiple places, but that's why we had to make a black, a snow, um, an, an arid version, a deep jungle version. Why? Because it's not really good anywhere. We had to go back and remake it so it would work in those places. And that's kind of how I feel about it in general, is it's not particularly good for one thing. Um, I mean, I think the pattern does, you know, stand out. It is kind of stylish, and I can understand why a lot of people do like it. Just not enough to spend so much ridiculous money on it. Um, I do feel that, as a combat shirt goes, bang for your buck. If you're looking for something, and if you can find them right now, it's probably kind of hard. I know in the States, finding a lot of things is, yeah, good luck. Um, especially because a lot of things were back-ordered through a lot of different companies for a while. Uh, matter of fact, I just got a friggin' combat shirt I ordered last year, this time frame, from a company because they were that far back-ordered. Um, <clears throat> when you understand that they actually supply a lot of stuff to the military, um, mainly special forces and a lot of police outfits, it kind of makes sense that, hey, some idiot in the middle of Wyoming is on the back of the burner compared to them. So, that being said, the Under Armour shirt, I, in and of itself, I do not think is a bad shirt. And if you can find one, <clears throat> if you can find one, and that's going to be your burden right there, is finding one. Um, the surplus of... British camos and everyone else. <clears throat> Man. Is pretty hard to find because last time I looked, a lot of Flectarn is gone. Um, a lot of the Concam is gone. A lot of... Actually, the one thing you can find plenty of for some rather entertaining reason is Multicam. Um, plenty of that everywhere. I think because most people are going at it going, man, that stuff don't hide you nowhere. It's almost as bad as the Air Force's camouflage. Because <laughs> you need gray camouflage on the airfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the Navy and the blue camouflage in the ocean. Oh, man, that was stupid. We told them black camo. And it wasn't even supposed to be black. It was just supposed to be a, a, a camo. It was just supposed to be a flat black. You know, that would have been perfect for us. They could have called it the Navy Blues. It would have been fine. <clears throat> but... Price tag on this shirt, all told, was probably 30 bucks, and that was with shipping. The shirt itself was 25 bucks, okay? 
Good luck finding one like that for that price right now. Um, <clears throat> man, that chicken is coming back and kicking my butt. But if you can find it, good luck to you. I think, you know, it's an interesting design. Um, especially the ones that have been, if you can get surplus that's worn and it feels a lot softer, the fabric isn't very harsh and very obnoxious. Um, you'll find that with a lot of them. Um, we'll talk about that when we get to some of the other brands here. The way they feel out of the box and what you have to do to get them broke in and feeling comfortable. So if you can get an army surplus set that's already broken in and comfortable, cha-ching amigo, go for it. Knock yourself out. But that's the Under Armour British MTP. <clears throat> to the pilot goes. So the next, and this one is literally the bottom of the list because I, I think it's stupid. I think it's an entertaining concept, um, but I don't think it's worth it. You know, the execution's kind of poor. Um, it's from Voodoo Tactical. I'm sure you know who Voodoo Tactical is. If you don't, well, you're missing some things. The only saving grace on this shirt, and it is basically like a t-shirt that has a Velcro field on it and zippers on the sleeves for pockets. The saving grace of this shirt to me is out of most of the companies, they were the only ones intelligent enough to put zippers on the pockets instead of Velcro. That's important to me. Remember, Velcro makes noise, and Velcro on a sleeve is a terrible idea. Because if it gets caught on something, and more than likely what's going to get caught is your upper sleeve on anything, and that Velcro goes, you know, the Velcro-y noise, you're in deep doo-doo. You want to be quiet and you want to be hidden. Velcro's not the way to go, homie. A nice zipper? Cool. Now, I'm not, you know, it's not the biggest pocket in the world. You could probably get away with sticking a small cell phone in here. Um, I don't even know what my cell phone is. and It's an iPhone. It would fit in there. Um, but literally, other than that, this is a t-shirt. Um, it is a large t-shirt. Um, it's olive green, um, and it is a t-shirt. There's nothing particularly special to it. I mean, the sides have got the, you know, the generic, oh, vent mesh kind of stuff on the side of it, but it's a t-shirt. It literally is a t-shirt. Um, I'll post pictures of it. When I post a picture, I'll post all the pictures of all the combat shirts. Um, and then I'll probably post one each of, you know, each shirt we talk about. But this is the Voodoo Tactical. And it's literally a t-shirt. Um, I liked it. The idea, the premise, because during hot summer days, especially if you go out to the range and it's 90-some degrees outside and you're out there running around, you didn't have to roll sleeves up. You didn't have to, you know, do all this stuff. You could wear a short sleeve shirt that you could stick your firearm or... Not your firearm, but your phone in the pocket on the sleeve. You could, you know, whatever. Put a patch on there if you were doing tournaments or whatever. You could, you know, hey, I'm from Wyoming. Put a state flag on there or whatever. I thought that was a cool concept. But in reality, um, it being a little bit more heavier of a t-shirt, what I found is, is I tend to sweat a little bit more wearing it. And so I just kind of tossed it out, even with it being a short sleeve. Um... It wouldn't be a bad hiking shirt at the end of the day, probably. Uh, as an outer layer shirt. Uh, you could probably get away with that. But it is a t-shirt at the end of the day, man. 
That's literally what it is. It's a combat t-shirt, not a combat shirt um, in the sense of a long sleeve shirt you could roll up. It's a combat t-shirt. And yeah, it's not bad. It's not good. Uh, price tag, honestly, I don't remember what I paid for it. You can probably find it on Amazon. Um, like I said, it's Voodoo Tactical. And they call it a combat, a tactical combat short sleeve shirt. Um, it's 100% cotton, you know, machine wash, tumble dry, yeah, whatever. It was made in Pakistan. Well, there you go. But it is a t-shirt. So. Let's jump over to... Oh, come on. Alright. Now that I buried, unpulled it out from under the pile. It's a London Bridge shirt. You know. Um, this is the LBX, which is their more affordable line of stuff. And the camo pattern on this one is... If you remember when they made that Medal of Honor game. I don't know, a few years ago now. Um, they made a special camouflage for it. And honestly, I got it because the camouflage pattern looked like it would work really, really well out here. And I was not wrong. It blends out here really, really well. So this shirt, apart from, you know, having a sand and a digital camouflage that has two shades of green, a brown and a sand, uh is amazing it does make the deadly sin of velcro on the cuffs and a velcro pocket on the upper sleeve however interestingly enough there's also a zipper pocket that goes underneath the velcro pocket so you've got extra storage on your upper sleeve unfortunately they still make the deadly flaw of velcro not a fan of it um, I'll probably sound like a freaking broken record by the end of this on Velcro. But overall, uh, the Kodura fabric, it is a very nice combat shirt. Uh, it does, if you're wondering, if you can go on, like, Evike, I think, still sells a bunch of this stuff. Because they made a huge run of it, and then it's just been sitting around. And you can still buy some of it sitting around. You just have to be notable that there were no hats ever made for it. No ball caps or boonie hats. So, you're going to have to figure out something else as far as a cover. Um, I would recommend just a flat color, whether it's a khaki or a sand-colored hat. Um, you can get those tactically anywhere anymore, sand or khaki. Um, you can get a, a notch hat like that, or you can go out and get a boonie hat that's just sand color. Uh, most places do that anymore, and True Spec, I'm fairly certain, makes a boonie hat that way. So, uh, the other way you could go is you could go with like an OD green boonie hat, and you could probably pick those at any army surplus store you can think to find. Again, I think it would be true spec making that, but there might be some others. You might get a Rothko or something like that. But, LBX Tactical, which is part of London Bridge Trading. Uh, the combat shirt, good quality the shirt material the part that's actually touching your chest is a very soft very comfortable material there is no padding none so if you need elbow pads or shoulder pads or whatever else you're not gonna have them in this shirt but for the price tag on it it's kind of worth it um 
again, if you live in a pretty dry environment, and like my area for three quarters of the year is a brownish color, uh, apart from the end of spring going into summer before it starts hitting the high 90s and killing all the grass off, it's usually kind of brown here. So a tan, sagey color works here. Um, if the pattern doesn't match your area, don't pick it up. That would be a recommendation. So, it is a digital camo, um, but that's just this variant. If you go to London Bridge, you actually can get... They have tons of different variants that they have made. Uh, they're actually kind of cool. You don't see them very often. Um, London Bridge, usually when you see anything from them, it's about their packs anymore. You don't see them talking about their combat gear or their camo patterns. Um, I do like their combat pants. They are interesting. I do like where the pocket placement is, where it's on the upper thigh, which makes it a lot easier to get to. Eh, but after that, we'll ignore them. Uh, would I say get this set? Yeah, maybe. It's up to you, man. Uh, go check them out, and you can find LBX, and it's Medal of Honor camo if you're interested in seeing this pattern. But again, it'll be on Instagram. You can see the pictures of it. Uh, the zipper, of course, is quarter zip. Uh, I like the fact that it's got a little string lanyard attached to the zipper. It's a YKK zipper. If you expect anything else from London Bridge, you obviously don't know London Bridge. But, like I said, is the sleeves, the Velcro, and the zipper is really cool. I like the zipper more than I do anything else. The Velcro, it's Velcro. So... Take it, leave it, run away from it, do whatever. I don't like the Velcro. I know a lot of people don't either. I want zippers because I can make a zipper quiet. I can't make Velcro really quiet unless I make it so it no longer sticks. And then what's the point of having the Velcro, right? All right. So. The next of the fun lot here is probably a brand that most everybody knows who they are. They see them all over the place. And that's TrueSpec, okay? It's, if you've never worn TrueSpec, then you've probably never really dealt with it. Um, TrueSpec, for the most part, is the company in the States that you're probably more than likely gonna have something from. Whether it's your pants, your shirts, your tops, your blouses, whatever. Um, they supply military, police, all sorts of stuff. Um, one of the best things I like about TrueSpec, and this is something that I think they do that's a little bit more of a notch above some of the others, is the inner collar is a soft material. And that's a thing that's absolutely awesome. Uh, it does have a garage for the zipper so that if you've got a beard or anything else, it helps protect that. But the soft material rubbing on your neck is so much better than just Kodura which is something, you know, you can't have issues with. Uh, again, we run into the fatal flaw of Velcro pockets. Um, I get it. Most people don't think about it. And, well, you know, I won't worry about it. I just won't open my pocket. Eh, well, you may not be the one opening your pocket. It may be somebody else, or it may be that stick that just grabbed your shirt and is pulling. Again, we fall into the fatal flaw of Velcro cuffs. I, you know, I, it's not too big of a deal if you're like me and you usually have your cuffs rolled up anyway. Um, this does have the integral pocket for elbow pads. So if you have elbow pads that go integral into your shirt, you can stuff them in there. 
that is good. The chest material and the backing material, of course, is super soft. It is very nice. Um, one of the things to remember is, is this one is, you know, do not bleach, do not use fabric softeners. Um, if you don't know, and this is something that probably not a lot of people are told, the reason why you don't want to use fabric softener on your camouflage kit or anything else, and this is for you guys that are out running around with your NVG goggles on your helmets, is if your wife, girlfriend, or you decided to use the Gain Hawaiian Super Fresh Smelling Fabric Softener, you're going to stand out on IR. Um, fabric softener shows up really, really well on IR, which is why every military uniform says don't use fabric softener. I know, I know. I want my BDU or my ABUs or my OCP or whatever to be silky smooth on my skin. But if you're using that fabric softener, yeah, that dude who's sitting there with the NVGs is going, man, that dude stands out. <laughs> okay, you'll stand out like somebody wearing chocolate chip camouflage in the de first desert storm. Don't do it. Don't use fabric softener. Um, matter of fact, do yourself a solid. Get rid of it. Don't buy fabric softener anymore, okay? Don't buy any of the fancy smelling stuff. Just get the most plain smelling. Oh, it smells like clean clothes. Good. There you go. You've got the fabric, you know, the laundry soap you needed. Um, side tangent rant on that one. Uh, the zipper... Uh, you know what? They never really ever say, but I'm fairly certain it's a YKK. It doesn't really say it anywhere, but I'd be willing to bet they probably rocked a YKK on it. Um, it is, of course, the Kodura. So it's the Ripstop Kodura fabric. Um, that's an industry standard. You're not going to get away from that. Um, everybody from the top people all the way down to Rothko are using that fabric because it is a great fabric, especially in the combat uniforms. Um, the other things, you know, it's when it comes down to it, you're going to notice in the pictures that I have two different patterns that I'm running. One is Altering Tiger, uh, which is a pattern that works well here. Um, if you go on YouTube, you can see people wearing it and you can see how it blends in their areas. Um, I've just found that in an area where we have vastly more browns and our greens are more subdued, uh, which is pretty much where I live most of the time, it tends to vanish a lot better than, say, the green-based camouflages. Um, anything that's more of a tan or more of a desert-type camouflage does tend to work here better. Also, for those who don't know, desert camouflage in the snow is really good at a distance makes you hard to see and it's mainly because the tans and the pinks kind of zone out your eye um, with snow camo um, <laughs> that's just things you'll learn out here guys um, the velcro panels of course you know run your morale patches run whatever you want um, you'll see what I've got on my stuff when I post the pictures uh, these they're true spec and the thing about true spec is is depending on the color pattern that's where your money is going to start to change. Um, you can get combat shirts that are up to $100, depending on the color pattern from TrueSpec. So choose wisely. Um, Multicam is probably going to still be the cheapest you're going to get. 
<laughs> I hate to say it, but if you start looking at others and there are multiples, if you go on Amazon or whatever else, or go to your local army surplus store that sells true spec, you'll start seeing all the different color patterns you can pick up in combat shirts, whether it's all-terrain tiger, multi-cam black, arid, all the variants of multi-cam except for snow, which makes sense unless you're a UF pro and you made a winter combat shirt, which I'm kind of curious about. I haven't bothered to pick one up. Um, I may, if they put them on sale once winter's over, I may see if I can Shanghai one. Um, it'll be a little warm in the summertime, but hey, I'll have one and I can check it out in the wintertime when it rolls back around, which in Wyoming is what we call Tuesday. So, <laughs> we've got... You know, and it's a very stretchy, comfortable shirt. Would I recommend it? Absolutely. Do not look down on true spec just because, oh, it's true spec. This is what guys are getting issued going to the field. Don't look down on it. Um, remember, the price tag is going to depend on what color pattern you want. Um, it can go, you know, when I was buying mine, All Train Tiger was the top price you were going to probably spend. But I had to get mine from Tiger Stripe products because no one else is even selling it anymore. Um, even on Amazon, it's hard to find outside of pieces that are, you know, from this surplus store. It's not a camo pattern that's sold a lot of anymore. Um, you can still find it. Like, I've got my boonie hat, my pants, and everything else. I was able to get through Amazon, but the combat shirts themselves, nobody else was selling but Tiger Stripe products themselves. So, uh, as far as padding, like we talked about, your elbow pads, if you've got them, you've got the spot to slide in, but there is no shoulder padding. So hopefully your pack or your chest or whatever you got has a good amount of padding so it's not cutting into your shoulders. And anyone who's had to carry either a sea bag or LBE or anything for long periods of time knows that it starts to get uncomfortable and it starts to rub. So padding on your shoulders is a bonus when it comes to good combat gear. Um, so with that in mind, we're going to move to what I call the top of the vest right now. All right. That's going to be the UF Pro, okay? I know, shocker. Me, a fanboy of UF Pro? Never. <laughs> um, I absolutely love this combat shirt. Uh, I have worn it to the range several times. It smells a little bit like sweat at the moment. I do need to wash it again. But here's the cool, the super cool interesting thing is, is it comes with these absolutely amazing shoulder pads. Um, they are breathable. You can pull them out when you wash your combat shirt. And they almost, if you've actually ever seen most of the stuff UF Pro does, if you looked at like their combat smock, most of the stuff they use is what these shoulder pads are made out of. They're meant to cushion but breathe and help it so you don't sweat in those areas. And that's really, really cool. It's actually the most awesome part of the shirt as far as I'm concerned. Um, the stretchy shirt material is actually very comfortable. It is very breathable. And there's even more breathing vents that are the standard UF Pro style breathing vents in the underarm areas. Besides that, on the back of it, here it's a zipper and guess what it opens a vent so you get more air in there oh yeah on both sides that's amazing what do you mean i got vents 
and breathing sides and everything. Oh, that's amazing. And it's zippered. It's not Velcro. Hey, there is Velcro, but guess what? It's not your standard Velcro on here. And it's not a Velcro pocket. It's just a Velcro field. And it is a decent Velcro field. It will hold your patches. Um, you'll see in the pictures. Above the pocket, there's a little tag. A little tag. What's the little tag for? The tag is so that you don't have to use both hands to open this pocket from the side to zip it up or to zip it down. And the pocket is actually really, really spacious. Like, wow, is it spacious. You could actually probably get away with hiding a book in here. Like, I've probably got books sitting over here that I could probably hide in this pocket. That's how big this thing is. Um, but the tab itself is so you can reach over with your mouth, bite down on it, use one hand and pull down on that zipper. And then turning around, just zip your zipper back up. You know, whether you use your hand to hold your sleeve down or whatever else, and zip your pocket back up. Money! That is awesome! Nobody else ever thought of that. Oh, why would you ever want to, you know, pull your zipper back up or pull it down with one hand? That's crazy. Why would you do that? Huh. Cool. Of course, most of the other people don't use zippers. They use Velcro. Like I've said, is if you are trying to be quiet, which if you're a hunter or if, you know, you're playing Robin Hood running through the woods with his merry men, doing whatever it is you do, that voodoo you do so well, quiet is the name of the game. Slow, steady, quiet, methodical. Thought went into this combat shirt, and if you listen to when they talk about it, they tell you what they did. They were listening to the special forces units, all of this stuff. So this is amazing. Again, we fall into the category of, you know, your Velcro pocket for your elbow pads, which UF Pro sells two different types, an impact and a just normal resting foam style. Really cool. It does have the obnoxious Velcro end on this shirt. But again, it's not the bog standard Velcro, it's their standard soft fuzzy Velcro, which I like a lot more. Um, the normal Velcro you get's obnoxious. On the bottom of the sleeve, guess what? Another pocket, homie. That's right, another pocket. This pocket, heck, it's got a bungee thing in it. Wow, what do you need that for? Put your phone in there, put whatever else in there. You're out on patrol, you need something in there, stick it in there. Guess what? It's also got Molly on the sleeve. What do you do with Molly on the sleeve, man? Well, guess what? If you got a battle board with Molly or whatever else or something you need attached to your sleeve that's mission capable, you can Molly it to your sleeve. And that's on dun da 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 both sides. That's right. Both sides. Awesome. Awesome sauce. If you're a lefty or a righty, you can rock it. Okay? Your pockets, again, they do have the drain holes on the bottom of the pockets. I think that's a standard. I probably didn't mention that on most everything else, but hey. Um, I think there's a couple that don't even have that. But again, you know, you got the huge, huge, uh, the huge pocket. You can literally hide a book in. Like, hold on. I got a book here. Let me see if I can even slide this thing in here. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yep. Just slid it in. 
So if you're wondering, the book I just slid into this pocket is The Wanderers Have Them All uh, by Dr. Crawford. Um, <laughs> it just slid in there. Perfect. That's how big this pocket is. And this book is not, it's, you know, thin, but, yeah, probably seven, seven, eight inches. I don't even have a ruler over here. Eh. Yeah, hold on. Where's my 40? I'll use that as a measurement. I know how long that is. Okay, so if you've got a FN, FNS 40, it's the length of your slide. <laughs> in length. Um, someone's going to be like, that's a hell of a weird way to measure things. Yeah, well, that's the that's how length of the book, and it's, eh, we'll give it five, five inches, five, six inches along. So, <laughs> other words, it's a huge pocket. You can get away with hiding. You can hide your candy bar in there, sunshine. You could hide, hell, you could probably get a box of Girl Scout cookies in there if you really wanted to. Um, depending on which ones, but again, same teeth tab, the vents, the material itself is a good feeling fabric. It doesn't, you know, it's not abrasive on the skin. Um, again, around the collar, you have the somewhat soft material around the collar to help keep the abrasion on the neck down. You have a zipper garage and the zipper garage on this shirt is way bigger than the zipper garage on the true spec. Um, literally when you zip up, your zipper vanishes into the zipper garage here. And the only thing that hangs out is the pull tab, which is a nice sewn in pull tab, as opposed to just like paracord or something else. Um, the zippers, if you think, you know, UF Pro did not do YKK, you don't know UF Pro. Um, they rocked in that YKK. Um, and for those who don't know, YKK is like the best of the zippers you're going to get. Uh, the zipper function is smooth. Fit. For the vast majority of the rest of these, when you get a large, like I get a large, they will fit loosely on you. Um, if you get a large from UF Pro, it is going to fit tighter. Um, this shirt is more of a medium large. It is... So if you look at their size chart, a medium in theirs is medium. If you get a large, it's a medium large. If you get an extra large, it's a large. And you go, that's a weird distinction. Well, what's really interesting about this is, is that this large, or medium large, if you will, fits my build better than larges or than mediums do, because mediums are too small. Larges tend to be a lot baggier, while this large because it's a in-between, tends to fit my build a lot better, which makes it more comfortable, which means when I'm riding around where I've got gear on, if I've got a chest rig on or whatever else, it's a lot more comfortable, it's a lot more snug, and I don't have to worry about so much of my fabric catching up on things. So it's not going to get caught everywhere I go. Um, you know, the sticks and the grass and everything else aren't going to catch to me nearly as much as some of the others. That's a nice touch to me. So if you're one of those people where you're like me, where you're not really a large, you're not really a medium, you're just somewhere in between in that gray zone, and you know who you are because you're the ones going, man, this large is kind of baggy and this medium's a little tight. Um, 
that's where this shirt's gonna ride. I think the size is perfect for me. Um, I can't say for anyone else. I just say for me. So, of course, you know, you've got your... You're gonna have whatever you want, do whatever you want, but at the end of the day, my recommendation is, is when you're going to get a combat shirt, the key items, key items to look forward to. Number one, pattern of camouflage or non-camouflage. And what I mean by non-camouflage is, is if you are looking for a drab color. Um, I will never recommend ever getting just black. Um, anyone who's ever been out at night knows that flat black things tend to make you go, what is that? Uh, you know it, I know it, everyone else knows it. Which is why the night camouflages, and honestly, if somebody would start mass-producing, like, combat shirts in the, like, nighttime tiger stripe pattern, I'd give you some money. Just saying. Um, I have a wooby hoodie that's in the, the night tiger, or the black tiger stripe, as they call it. I love this camp, this pattern. It's so cool. Um, compared to, like, jungle or anything else. Even desert. I like desert tiger stripe, don't get me wrong. So... Number one thing is, is find the pattern you want, um, whether it's multi-cam or a flat color or whatever pattern you're looking for. Fleck Tarn, Desert Tiger Stripe, DCU, um, I mean, you can find them in almost everything. Jungle Tiger Stripe, I think you can find the combat shirts. I think you're even able to start finding them in Chocolate Chip, the Digital Night Camo. All the digital camouflage patterns, you know, Marpat, Cadpat. Um, you can find them in Slow Cam, the Slovenian Cam. Um, you can find them in M05, M06, which are the Finnish and the Swedish camouflages, I think. Um, most of the uh, Norwegian-style countries. Um, you can find whatever you're looking for. Just do yourself a solid. If you were wondering if a camo pattern will work in your region, go like, go get a picture of it or something else and walk outside and go, all right, does this work here? What colors do I see out here? Hey, I see greens everywhere. Okay, so I want something green based. Me, I walk outside and I go, hey, look, I see a lot of brown and tan. I need tan and brown based with green every so often, and usually a lighter green. Um, if you've seen on Instagram, you've seen the paints that are on my rifles, um, at least two of them, and how they look in compared to, you know, everything else, and they've got a lot of light colors to them, uh, not dark, uh, as opposed to what's around me. Um, even my ARs, uh, my AR-15, which I have, as I jokingly call it, the Wyoming Tiger Stripe, which is, you know, a dark brown, a sage green, and a tan. Um, and it blends really well out here. So camouflage is the big thing if you're looking for it. Whether you're going to go play airsoft, paintball, um, boogaloo, or whatever else you think you're going to do. Pay attention to that. I will give you a word of advice. Uh, it helped Rogers Rangers in the French and Indian Wars. It helped our boys in the Revolutionary War. And it's helped through pretty much everything else. Subdued colors work really, really well. And what I mean by this is, is OD Green works really, really well. Ranger Green works 
really, really well. Brown Gray from UF Pro works really, really well. Um, even in sand environments and stuff like that, it does tend to blend very well. But in the sand, I would probably go with a lighter, more khaki-ish color. But in the environment I live in, the brown gray, which is more green, and the OD green and the ranger green tend to blend really, really well. Um, especially if you're in the forest running around and you've got all that foliage. Yeah, if I can pronounce words, foliage. There we go. So... Finding the pattern. If you want, you know, a specific pattern, be prepared that you may only get stuck with one brand. It may not be cool. You may end up, you know, I've got Rothko. Ah, you have my condolences, homie. Um, <laughs> I know Rothko has improved in the past few years. Don't get me wrong, I'm not hating on Rothko. I just, the last combat shirt I got from Rothko, I threw out because I was so disgusted with it because I thought it was garbage. Um... And I was irritated at the price I paid for it. But that's, you know, how things go. So, keep in mind what camouflage pattern you're looking for. If you're looking for more of a subdued color, hey, shop around a little bit. Um, you don't necessarily need a specific, you know, oh, well, I've got to have this camo pattern. And don't listen to the nitwits who go on, oh, wow, you couldn't even match the same camo patterns for this and that. I'm going to tell you right now, having multiple patterns isn't necessarily a bad thing. But I would also tell you that if I had, say, my bottoms were all-terrain tiger and my top was brown-gray, it's not necessarily a bad thing, it's more of maybe I'm going down a mountain range or I'm in the woods and my lower may need to blend into a specific background while my upper, which might be more exposed to daylight or anything else, may need to blend into a different color variation. Uh, it's going through, paying attention to survival, looking at the surroundings and knowing what you need to have. You know, you could be sitting there and go, man, DCU would work right now. And people going, what's DCU? It's desert camel, uh, camouflage uniform. Uh, it's the weird tan pink brown camo pattern the United States wore when we first went to the desert um, in Afghanistan, Iraq, and all that. Uh, Iraq take two, not the first time around. We wore chocolate chip and DNC the first time around, which chocolate chip was terrible, which is why DCU was created. Um, the problem with chocolate chip is, is it shows up on IR <laughs> really well. So, you know, everyone could see you. Um, so when you're doing that, base it off what camouflage pattern you want for your region. Then see if the company you would like to buy from makes a pattern in that region. If they don't, yeah, don't be disheartened. You could be like, hop on Facebook or whatever, you know, you're instantly... Man, if you guys made it in this camouflage pattern... And a lot of times the biggest thing is, is that somebody may own a camouflage pattern license. Um, you look at, like, Tiger Stripe products. Everyone has to lease Tiger Stripe stuff from them. Whether it's desert, uh, all-terrain, or jungle. Um, I don't think they own the night one. They may own the night one, but nobody ever, you know, makes night... And every so often when it shows up, I love it. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, somebody may own the license and they want to give it up. Others, you may have issues finding stuff. And 
hey, I may want this camouflage and you may have to get it from overseas. Don't hit, you know, oh, I have to get it from Germany or I have to get it from these people. Don't worry about it. Just get it. Get what you want, but be smart about it. If you think, you know, I'm going to be in an urban environment. Well, do yourself a favor and watch and read up on the urban environment studies that were done by the United States military. And what you're going to find is there's no perfect camouflage for the urban environment, really. <laughs> At least that's what the consensus seems like from the United States. And that's why you see most of the urban guys uh, wearing black or dark blue, a navy royal blue, um, even though navy blue is actually black. But anyway, that's where you're going to find those kind of things. And you will find darker camouflages, um... Again, the multicam black and a few others that are out there that are urban or nighttime camouflages. Well, guess what? A flashlight will make that black stand out. So, hey, wear your normal camouflage at night if you're in the woods. If you're in an urban environment, you're in a different thing. You know, concrete jungle is what it is. You got to be figure out how to be the king of the jungle there. Um, but that's where we're going to sit. Uh... I know it's not like a, hey, you should go buy this. It's pick your camo, pick your shirt, go from there. Build to your desire. That's the hardest thing I think most people have is it's what you want, man. Especially when it comes to camouflage patterns. Don't listen to, oh, well, I'm going to go get the $500 camouflage hunting set from Sportsman's Warehouse or Bass Pro Shop. That's cool, homie. You spent that kind of money on that. Is that what you really wanted? Does that work in your environment? Does it not work in your environment? Did you shop around? Did you look? Did you talk to people? Did you watch some videos on YouTube? Did you hop on a podcast and listen? There's tons of hunting podcasts. And if you don't think they talk about camouflage, you are missing out. Um, remember, different camouflages work different areas. Even Mossy Oak has something like 30 different camouflage patterns, okay? Different regions, different necessities. Think about your region. If you're running through the backwoods of Appalachia, you could probably get away with dark tan colors or dark green colors. Nobody would ever notice you. You don't need a special whatever. Keep in mind, as you get higher up on products, though, uh, TrueSpec and like UF Pro and I'm sure some of the others, uh, Verstruka's stuff, I don't still don't know how to pronounce their name, um, a lot of the other combat outfit stuff, it's going to be IR'd. Um, so keep that in mind. No fabric softener. Uh, don't ever use fabric softener for anything anyway. Just clean your clothes, you nerd. Um, but the static... Well, I live in a dry environment. I live with static 24-7. If I shampoo my hair, I come out and I look like I'm, you know, touching one of those weird orb things. So keep that in mind. Think about what you want. Don't listen to everyone else. Research, find what you want. You know, I would willing to bet, if you're on the East Coast of the United States, I would probably tell you, you in those dark woods, dark camos like Flectarn or M05, M06, uh, would probably be money. But if you're on the Midwest regions, eh, our woods aren't so dark. I'm sure in some of the regions, especially if you get down to Arkansas and some of those, you can get in some dark woods. But for the most part, they're not super dark. They're actually pretty well lit. Uh, 
you know, especially the Rocky Mountain region, we're not like a dark coniferous forest that you can't see at night. I've been in places where you could, but during, you know, the daytime, for the most part, it's going to be pretty bright. And most of our region is brown. Put that into consideration, you know, and don't just, oh, well, that should work. Grab a piece if you want. And what I recommend is buy the cheapest piece. And that's usually a hat. Take that hat and go out to the woods, put it somewhere, walk 20 feet away and look back and see if you can spot it really well. Then hide it in a bush and see if you can see it in the bush. Check it out, man. Don't just take, oh, well, I think that'll work. You know, do a little practice. Figure out what works, what doesn't work. All right. And then go from there. Buy what you need. Buy what you want. Buy the camouflage pattern that works for you. Keep in mind that you may not always be in your region. Maybe, you know, if you're in the United States, you're in the Midwest. Maybe you'll end up on the East Coast. Then you need darker stuff. Hey, if you're in, you know, maybe if you're in the Midwest, maybe you'll end up in California. Who knows? Then you'll need lighter stuff almost. Because redwood is what color? Yeah, a red. Weird. <laughs> you know? Keep that kind of thing in mind uh, when you're doing this. It's all about what you want and then go through there. If you've got the opportunity, I would recommend bland colors. I know you won't match the cool kids and the Rhodesian brushstroke kids and the I've got multicam everything kids, but you're able to adapt to the environment a little bit better than some of them. You know, the Russian brushstroke, I don't think is going to work great in a huge forest, a boreal forest. You know what I mean? If you're in a savannah region, kind of like where I am, brushstroke probably works like a rock star. Um, I don't have any, but I, I would feel it would probably work really well out here. Um, again, there's only there's one place I know of that you can get brushstroke through, and that's Fire Force Ventures. And they're actually in the purpose of moving to the United States from Canada. I don't know if they've made it yet or not. I haven't really paid that close of attention. But anyway, digressing away. If you guys have enjoyed the episode, do me a solid. Leave a rating, comments, whatever. If you need to contact me, there's ways to contact me down below. The emails, the shoot me a message on the Instagram. I may notice it if you say, hey, I would listen to. I may actually listen to it because porn bots have gone insane on Instagram again. Um... There's all sorts of stuff going on out there. But, you know, shoot me a message if there's anything you want me to, hey, touch on this a little bit more, or hey, on this, can you do talk about that a little bit more? But uh, as far as everything's there, I think we're good. Um, next time we're going to be talking about a jacket. Should be talking about a jacket. And maybe boonie hats with it, since it's a jacket. And I know the last time I talked about a jacket, I went pretty long. But there was a lot of hate on that jacket. Um, still a lot of hate towards that jacket. Uh, but this jacket, I may cover boonie hats with it if it's not too long of an episode, um, just to give it a little bit extra length. So as for myself and the doggo here in the High Plains hideout, have a good one. Be safe. Be smart. Be ready, guys. We'll see you out there on the field. 